Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. This is the second edition of the BJJ All-Stars. We hope to use these to pay our debt to society and keep everyone out there positive and sane during the quarantine. A bunch of my friends on this episode, Black Belt Law Enforcement Officer Ryan West, my two favorite firefighters, American Patriot BJJ, Greg Sinelli, and from the FDNY, my man, Nikki Greyhulk. We got Black Belt and owner of Henzo Gracie Houston, Brian Marvin, and Chris Papandria, Black Belt and owner of Dynamic Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Rochester, Indiana. As always, this episode is brought to you by the world-famous Tortuga Soap Company. Everything you need to keep you looking and smelling good, tortugasoap.com. Also brought to you by Port City BJJ, home of the Great Northeast BJJ podcast in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. When this thing is all over and we're training again, please come visit us. Um, Also brought to you by BJJ Prehab. Our friend Mike Pellegrino, Boston BJJ Black Belt, has put together this program designed to keep you injury-free and on the mats training and feeling good. Make sure you check it out and please support him. BJJprehab.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening and be a part of this. Hope everybody's doing all right out there. Stay healthy, people. Peace. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the second edition of Great Northeast BJJ all-star Hollywood Squares. It's good to see you guys. I am super stoked. Um, I've been cooped up too long, and I need some positivity and some 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 jujitsu friends love. Um, so thank you guys for all coming on. I'm I'm super stoked. My man Nikki Greyhulk is in the is in the building. Uh, <laughs> welcome, brother. How you doing, guys? Great to see you. Good. We're doing great. So I will, uh, I'll just introduce, I mean, I feel like maybe you guys all know each other. Oh, Brian Marvin is about to enter the building, too. Um, and Ryan West. The handsomeness of this podcast. <laughs> just Hello, up. ladies. What's up, Brian Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, let me introduce everybody because now we're all here in the building. Um, for anybody who doesn't know the Riddler, the Riddler is probably the only person in this podcast that has a stuffed animal toy <laughs> that speaks his voice. Is What's that up, true? Chris? That, that, that's true, George. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm not going to go get it. You can oh, just imagine what it yeah. is, all right? So, so I'm also try- going to try to be like positive and, and light tonight because it's like there's a world that's heavy. So I'm going to introduce everybody and like Chris Papandria, um, I've known a long time, but when I first met him, I don't know if he knew that I was the same person as I am on uh, – on Facebook, and I set him up for the old, hey, let's take a picture. And then right before the picture took, I put him in the rear naked choke, and it was beautiful. I, remember that. I, w- I wasn't sure how it was going to go. 
What a garbage uh, submission, George. What a garbage submission. I take it. I'll take any. So Chris owns an academy in Indiana, if you don't know him. Um, welcome, brother. Ryan West, who is working right now. Yeah, let's move. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? It's going good. It's going good. How are you? Dude, I'm good now that I see you. <laughs> I miss you guys. Yeah. Uh, Ryan West is a black belt under Soka, right? On Long Island? Yes, yes I am. And That's a first degree black belt now. Yes, I am. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You better respect that. Get it right. First degree. <laughs> Lifts all the weights. All of them. He eats the weights. There's nothing else to do. I'm, I'm not, I feel like I'm in prison right now. You look yeah. like you just got out of the joint. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give myself a haircut yesterday. Yeah, this is horrible. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, you shave your head. How difficult is it? I realize I'm quite spastic with a buzzer, man. I can't look like a mental patient there for a while. <laughs> you That's are a mental patient. Level one. <laughs> so, Brian Marvin, also on the podcast, my favorite Brian Marvin story is we were at a <laughs> seminar and, uh, He's showing his joke, and my wife is doing it to me. And he goes, "Just let go when he fought, when he stops tapping, not when he starts tapping. When he stops." And she did it. I had like a stroke in the thing. Half my body went to sleep. Yes. True story. Hey, I'll wake you up. All right. He's fine. He's fine. All right. I was drooling. I couldn't move half my body. Dude, <laughs> Look ridiculous. at you. You're looking wonderful right now. Right. On the bright side, just, you probably didn't pee your pants. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> and just for clarity, just for clarity, Christy Sullivan did the same thing to him. <laughs> Put me completely to sleep in front of 100 people at Pellegrino's. Yeah. I was like, she's like, are you sleeping? I was like, no, no, I'm not sleeping. And then I was like, well, where am I? And I looked around, and I was like, I don't know. Maybe I was sleeping. Everybody's <laughs> staring at me. It was, you know, par for the course for me. Greg Sinelli, American Patriot, BJJ, legend, firefighter, former na former Master Chief, right? Uh, all around godly human being. Yeah, yeah. That, all that and $1.50 will buy me a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ran a, I ran a race with Greg Sinelli one time. He did it in full firefighter gear and beat me. <laughs> Had to wait for me. And Nikki Greyhawk, the last one, last but, but man, my favorite of all time, Nikki Greyhawk. Um, dude, one of the best human beings I've ever met. Brought me and Brian uh, and the rest of us around New York City after a seminar and uh, – it was like a life-changing experience, man. Brought us to a firehouse, Myrtle the Turtles, uh, legend. Yeah, I still got some great, great pictures. That I went on a call with those, those guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a good time. It was good having you guys up, man. Hey, you forgot that idiot Jay Mansfield. Jay Mansfield. <laughs> I, I'm the enemy of the man who needs no introduction. Yeah, you need plenty of them. Close. <laughs> I've tried to forget him, man. I've tried. It's I, I usually like you know they give the like the bit, like the Sultan of Sting, the King of Knockouts, blah blah. blah. It's just a list of my restraining orders. No, I had Tola of Rock and Roller. 
Dude, I stayed in a room for Pan Ams with Jay Mansfield and Mike Pellegrino. I would wake up. I'm sleeping on two chairs put together. One of them is a rolling chair. Jay Mansfield's walking around naked the entire time. <laughs> I'm like, Jay, can you put some effing clothes on, dude? Uh, I I will also tell you the reason that we had those two chairs is that we stole them from the hotel lobby. We did. And brought them into our room. <laughs> yes, we did. The only thing I got to tell you, Brian, is that it was only chicken. Yeah, that's true. It was only chicken. It was only chicken. <laughs> I thought you were smarter than that. That you would. I would never. I would never share a hotel room with those two, Pell and him. Never. Yeah. Never. Well, I learned after that. Never, dude. Hey, is that the, is that the time Christy was cutting weight with with Pell or no? That was that time, yeah. Because I remember yeah. using that little gym. Yeah, yeah, downstairs, uh, yeah, treadmill and stuff. Yeah. And I was Chris. Eating. How's everything going out there? It's all right. Um, slow, obviously. Um, it's kind of driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get hey, back how on. far are you? Are you in Indianapolis, or how far are you from Indianapolis? Uh, we're about two hours north, so we're actually about what? We're about forty-five minutes to an hour south of Coyler. So we're about forty-five minutes south of Coyler. So yeah, we're about two hours, two hours north of Indianapolis. Oh, okay, I'm going to be over that way, and at the like the first and second. Of July, would be at my mom's house, but she's like, I think, just south of Indianapolis. Okay, I'll figure it out when I get there. Hopefully, I can stop in and, and see you. Right. Well, my mom lives in it, just like twenty minutes south of Indy, so I'll be down. We'll be okay. Cool. Brian, are you outside right now? What's the temperature? Oh, it's it's nice right now. Yeah, it's nice out right now. It's like uh, 70 degrees. Oh, man. Oh. How's Shopa doing? She's doing good. <laughs> hey, we got a MMA superstar, uh, Lauren Murphy, here, and her husband, black belt superstar, uh, Joe Murphy, with me. What's up, guys? <laughs> Good. Good. Are you guys all quarantined up? <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you guys doing hanging out with Brian? <laughs> we need better Mark. company. Yeah, he fed us. He's a pretty good cook, so big <laughs> that. Is this Casa de Marvin? No. Because <laughs> we're coming <laughs> over, dude. We're heading to there to quarantine. Quarantine in New Hampshire sucks. <laughs> <laughs> It does, man. New Hampshire's not a fun place right now. They so they did the. Uh, well, I don't really want to go down this path, but they just did the uh, the shelter in thing, so we can't go anywhere. It's getting a little warmer, though. Dude, the craziest story from going up there was when uh, we ate at that restaurant, and then like two weeks later, it was like three feet underwater. Underwater, oh, yeah, the brass skeleton. Yeah. Like, Believe it or not, that's we ate normal. there, and you came back. I'm like, dude, that place is under three feet of water. Yeah, it was crazy. 
Man, so, what I wouldn't be good. What I wouldn't give to be driving past that place to go train right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, how's the gym going over there? You moved upstairs and across, right? <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's a nice new spot. Man, it's a, we got yeah, that upstairs spot is killer. Have you not been to the upstairs spot? No, you haven't ever invited me to come over, so I haven't been there yet. Well, I mean, I don't want to make you feel bad, but it's on purpose. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, I will tell you this. I will, I will tell you this. Like, definitely we're going to have you out we'll do something up there uh, as soon as we get a chance to get back and around. But, man... I'm hitting the choke all the time from the top and the bottom. Don't matter. Heck yeah. It's a good Fiddler, one. Like, Fiddler I, I love that thing, too. Oh, man, it's a great joke. Man, I tried to get on BJJ Fanatics to teach that joke. How come they didn't – like, my man Bernardo didn't want you on there? I don't know. I talked to him, and they were like – I was like, I pretty much hit it from everywhere. I can explain it a lot, and I use it – over and over in competition so but then it kind of fell off after that but i don't know i love that the, the last the last piece of the instructions is always and then i just give him a hug <laughs> just give him a hug just give him a hug <laughs> brian that one is at my purple belt level that is the number one show brian for me it goes one two three that's the part i always remember one yeah. two three jam it down your dick Go for it. <laughs> I don't think I did it that way. Exactly what that. you said. Yeah. I remember that. That's exactly the instruction. One, two, three, jam it in your dick, reach over the top. That's no, I said put it between your legs. That's what you said, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Put it between your legs. I don't recall Brian teaching it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Doing it to me. Hey, how's the uh, how's the studio out there, man? That was an amazing podcast we did out there. That place is kick ass. It's looking good right now. I think you can see me right now, right? Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah let's see the uh, Rolling Stones could record now. Yeah, yeah right. well, maybe not that, but it looks nice. Whoops, oh, I'm gonna make you guys all sick. There you go. It looks nice at night. You can kind of see out and see the stars and shit too, which is nice. But yeah, got a couple of new guitars in there. My friend Steve's drum set. Is rocking. So, where's your dog, man? Oh, the doggo. He's actually stuck down there. Can you see him? He's oh, there down. he is. Yeah. And normally he's over here on his uh, super pad, but uh, but he's decided to go hole up over there right now. My dog's dog name is Jack. He's super cute. I'm sure he'll he'll come and see us later. But there you go. Back to the end. Greg Snelly, what have you been up to, dude? Working for lack thereof. Uh, so the so the city of Lawrence closed everything down. So the gym I was working at on my days off from the firehouse, um, they've shut down. But they've gone on they've gone online with all their uh, with all their athletes. So that that's good. So at least the athletes are getting the instruction they need, and they're able to. They're actually focusing all the. They're focusing everything for them so that they can work out from home, and then obviously all the jujitsu gyms are closed in Massachusetts. So that was that was my every Thursday, you know, competition class I was teaching. So that's closed now um, until further notice. So we're just waiting everything out and just you know hoping and praying everything, you know, comes through and that, you know, we can basically get back on the mat with people again, you know? 
Yeah, it's kind of weird. The uh, the concept of not training is something that, you know, all of us figured that if it was going to go down like that, it was going to be something like an injury of some kind. You know what I mean? It was going to be, I tore my ACL or I hurt my neck. That's going to keep me from training or whatever. And it's something well, completely out of well, you, can pre- you, you can prepare new guys, in, in, you know, people that come into the art itself. You can say, hey, look, it's not a matter of if you're go- going to ever get injured. It's just a matter of when you're going to get injured and how bad that injury is going to be. But we're not playing tennis on that mat. This isn't tennis. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not, I mean, this is, I mean, it, it, some of my best, best buddies are ones that want to kill me. So, it, it, but on the other hand, how do you prepare someone new that just started a couple of months ago and is starting to, you know, just come around and start to fall in love with it and then all of a sudden this happens and the, and the gym shut down. And I mean, it's, it's tough for them, you know. And <laughs> there's a lot of funny jokes going around now on all the various blogs and everything about how, hey, just cons- if, if you're a blue belt, just look at this portion as your blue belt blues. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, that, that, you know, people have to look at it like they have to take a step away, you know, for now when it's been such an ex- such a huge portion of somebody's life, you know? But I mean, I'm, I guess I, I consider myself pretty lucky in the respect that, you know, I'm not in, I'm not in Ryan or, 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 or Nikki's situation where in, in, in the New York area, it's, you know, it's even worse. Guys, guys, hang on. Let me interrupt for just a sec. So Brian, it sounds like something's going on behind you. That's what yeah. we're hearing. So it's in, that's it's cool. Just you can just mute your mic when you're not talking. You can you know how to you can do it I don't yourself. Know how to do that. I'm on my phone. Oh, okay. Well, take a look. You might be able to see <laughs> it. I can do it for you too. But uh, look at that, you genius! You figured it out already. All right. We do it to Jay all the time. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to interrupt, guys. There you go. Back to it. You know what's you know what's funny about uh, you know we say that like we're out there we're not playing tennis. The, before the uh, the Pan Ams, when, when Brian got hurt, uh, we went to show your own. We were training on the mass there. And in my opinion, for Brian and I training together, we were going, like, pretty light because we were both competing that weekend, and we were, like, going pretty light. And um, Marco and Bear were talking. It was like, those guys are going at it, man. They're, those guys are trying to kill each other. And Brian and I are like, dude, this is, like – this is four on, on a scale of 10. We're like just chilling. And uh, it just, it makes it like, I, I'm, I'm reminiscing about the kind of those training sessions and seeing all you guys, you know what I mean? Regretting that we're not choking each other right now. Yeah. I posted that picture the other day uh, from all of us in there. Oh man. What a good day. That's such a good yeah. day. Yeah, it was. It was a really good, a really good day. Great training. Great to see those guys. Obviously they're, they're in the same situation. They got a, uh, like a no visitor policy. And that, that place is the revolving door of who's who of jujitsu, right? Like you go to show your old HQ on any given day, you could be rolling with, you know, Lauzino or the Meow brothers or like, you never know who's going to be hanging out there. And it's a bummer that those outlets, these, you know, these abilities for us to congregate as jujitsu guys to go train and taking that away is like ripping your heart out of your chest. You know what I'm saying? Greyhouse, what do you do, dude, when you ain't doing jujitsu? Like, what have you been up to? Nick. Yeah. What have you been no, doing? I've just, just been working, and then uh, I'm, I'm pretty lucky we got the gym still that we can use there. But uh, All right. 
you know, what they're doing is they changed our work schedule. They're trying to keep every group of guys segregated. So we're not, you know, uh, cross contaminating. So they changed our work schedule around a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's similar to Greg. They limited the medical responses for the engine companies. So the trucks are just responding to like structural fire type runs. And then the engines are only going on uh, structural and cardiac, uh, confirmed cardiac conditions and not going out on the other type of medical runs. They're just trying to minimize, you know, the exposure people are, uh, are going through. That's, that's exactly right, Nikki. That's what our chief did. Uh, uh, he came down with an order that basically put us where we're only going on what, what we would call level A medicals. So yeah. strokes, cardiac issues, things, things of that nature. I mean, you're still doing the MVAs. You're still going to, going to fires. Yeah. Um, but the level of medicals, the types of medicals that we would normally go on, he's cut, trying to cut down on the exposure rate for our guys so that we won't – because if one guy, just one or two guys get it, now you've got a whole crew that's been contaminated. Yeah. And now you've got to quarantine that entire crew. Then they, you know, then you go back to the to the firehouse and you think about, okay, when were they when were they contaminated and when were they exposed? Was it is it the crew that they relieved at the firehouse or the crew that relieved them at the firehouse that has to worry? So now you're talking about three groups of of fellas that are that yeah. are, have been affected by it, you know? Yeah, we're saying the firehouses smell like uh, community pools. Every place is getting scrubbed down, but don't so be in the that, pool. It's uh, it was a bummer of a birthday today. Today's my birthday, and uh, oh, hey, happy birthday, buddy! Happy birthday, happy birthday, brother! To Ryan, can beat me up for all you guys. Right hey, Nikki, I'm going to be up there in June, though. You can throw me a beat in then. I'm going to be up there in June. I'm going to come see you. I'll be with yeah, Ryan, absolutely. though. So. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Be June. Yeah, because Ryan's scared to come down here to Houston, so I'm going to have to go up there to see you guys. Hey, I was all set to come down he here. Was, yeah, he was yeah, all set to come down here. I had it all lined up and everything. He was. He was all you set know up. I did. That's all. I had it all done. I he can't wait set to up kick to your bitted ass. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in June? Um, there is a uh, fundraiser for Combined Arms uh, thing downtown, and I'm, uh, I'm going to go up there for that. They've got like a, a poker night thing. Well, hopefully it's still going on. But hey, guys. Hey, Brian, is that, is that still going on? I don't know. I still got my plates. Ticket, so even <laughs> if it's away, not, but uh, I mean, I'll they, still come up either way, whether it's where they're. They may put not. a travel ban on New York now, like yeah, uh, a total travel ban. Like you're not allowed to. I, mean, I can't leave the state of New York now. Yeah, but that's in like June, so hopefully we're better by then. So I, I had this. I had this grand plan to get into New York, to get into the to Yankee Stadium, to distribute the coronavirus to all the players in there, <laughs> and now it's ruined because I'm not allowed to leave New Hampshire. You're going to have to come in like Snake Plissken in a glider and uh, escape yes. from New York. Oh, snake. Get the fly in over the wall. <sighs> and, uh, we, got, we got big troubles on our end. I think we have a general manager. Uh, we don't have a quarterback, and I'm not sure that there's a season. So, I'm hurting, man. I'm hurting. 
Well, look yeah, at also look at the greatest quarter coach of all time. And you got to look at the uh, the Bruins for crying out loud. The Bruins had the most points. They were going to win the President's Trophy, and they still. And now the Bruins are. And now we don't know what's going to happen with the NHL. Right, and I think about that, and I think you know who I think about is is Dan O'Chara, and I'm like, man, this was his last run. What an amazing job. We we were talking to John Anik earlier today, and John was talking about how hard it is to lose in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, and then bring your team back to make a run as epically as the Bruins were doing and probably maybe his last year and to have this happen that, that, I mean, obviously I'm not minimizing the stuff, you know, the suffering and death that other people are dealing with, but it sucks if you're Zidane O'Chara knowing that your you know, your season's going to come to an end when you had such a great shot. I mean, this, this, they were shutting down Tampa Bay. They were shutting down everybody. You know what I mean? The style of hockey they were playing and the health they had, it's like, like, like any big jujitsu tournament, you know, the right, combinations have to, of things have to, you have to have great training, can't get sick, can't get hurt, got to be at the top of your game, got to eat right, got to drink right, do all that stuff. And they were doing it. And, you know, I really felt like the Bruins were going to go for the, uh, the Stanley Cup this year. But, you know, stuff happens. It's been a rough one. A lot of, a lot of teams were having uh, good seasons this year. And I'd be happy if they started back up for football. I mean – I remember when they first started this and they canceled all sports and I was devastated because I'm a big sports junkie. Lo and behold, two weeks later, I can't even leave my house. So I'm like, the hell with sports? I just want to go I want to go to the gym. Hey, Ryan, who cut your hair? <laughs> like, shit. Listen, I had to do it myself here. It's like a schizophrenic cutting. What the <laughs> Hey, don't listen to him, man. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Right, I got a he's, question for you. No, it's not. Don't lie to him. <laughs> he is for schizophrenic. He's been locked in his house for a week. <laughs> two <laughs> weeks. Two weeks I've been in my house. <laughs> he's on a He's on a podcast. <laughs> Under the light, the interior light of his cruiser right now, looking like the natural point <laughs> with a badge. <laughs> yeah, that's not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. It's not creepy. I know, I know. I look like a seriously mental, like a mental patient right now. <laughs> Brian, on the topic of baseball, do you think the Astros can win if they're not allowed to have a track? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, see, I mean, you kind of need Alex Cora for that, but, you know, he made Man, I, you know what I think about what's funny about that whole situation is you know, that's part of the intricacies of the game, like stealing signs and things like that. And, you know, everybody does it. That's the reason that you have signs. You know <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, is that your justification for what the Astros did? Everybody I does think it. it is. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> They're the first ones that pioneers. They were a bunch of haters. Listen, if a guy's on second base and catches, you know, the catcher throwing down a number two for a curveball or something, that's one thing. You guys are using cell phones and garbage cans to relay messages to each other. Get out of here. I heard it was like a whistle, too. Yeah, there was a lot, yeah. Hey, and you know what's funny about that whistle? I specifically remember when I was watching those games, hearing that whistle and going, man, that's fucking annoying. (laughs) Because it was like a, that, like charge whistle, like da, 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 or something like that, or um, it was supposed to be like two different whistles that they were using or something. And I remember specifically hearing those two whistles 
during the game and goes, man, that's so fucking annoying, that guy whistling, whoever that is. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like Morse code. Right? Yeah, no shit. I don't I, – I can't remember what they said. The um, – you know, just the, just the fact that Alex Cora came to the Red Sox has led to a whole bunch of stuff like that too. And, I, like, there's not a lot of – there's not a lot of – you know, they haven't materialized what the method was. But I think the theory was an iWatch. I think nobody – Yeah, like alerts. Yeah, I heard something right. about alerts to an iWatch or something like that. Yeah, vibration. Like if yeah. it's a breaking ball, it was a vibration, right? Or a fastball, it was a vibration. I don't know. Are you in bed, Jay? Yeah, well, um, this is the second time I was like, I told my wife she needed to be quiet. And she said, well, I'm going to watch TV and you can go to the bedroom. Do you have your pants on? <laughs> uh, I mean, if I answer, you're not going to believe me. And if I show you. <laughs> you're right. I'm not. At all. <laughs> at all. I'll Those just tell you I'm real comfortable. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> God. Actually, pretty much all of us have only been in our comfy clothes for the last couple weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. Man, Ryan I, is not in his comfy clothes right now. Well, Joe and I, we decided to uh, remodel our the, the gym during this time. There's a bunch of projects that I had that I wanted to do, and I never had time, and I never shut down voluntarily. So when I was forced to close, like it was like prime time to like full court press to do so many renovations to the gym. It was crazy. Yeah, so we've been pretty busy, basically nonstop. We send a bunch of the virtual classes. Probably working longer hours and harder than when the academy's open these past few weeks. Which is awesome. Great use of your time, right? Like he'd stay at work, make things better. I know that Pell was talking about doing the same thing when I talked to him today. Uh, Brian, you like? Did I see construction on a new location? Yeah, it's uh, about five miles from my current gym. It's uh, two thousand square feet. Joe is actually going to be the one teaching there. Yeah, and it's uh, his own Gracie Riverstone. Thank you. Yeah, super excited about it. Congrats, man! That's awesome. It's like right in the middle of the community. There, uh, it's it's a really cool like neighborhood, and right where I've been wanting to put a gym, and I just needed something to be constructed there. So they start building something there, and I'm gonna have my own like two thousand square foot uh, building in this like really cool like courtyard complex thing. Um, I was trying to get it open in April, but I'm really starting to slow play that thing now to get it like June or July. So. Just to make sure you got a place where people can go, right? Yeah. I mean, like, literally, I wanted to be able to have people walk to it from their houses in the community and train jiu-jitsu. That's, like, ideal for what I want to have. And that location, is awesome. Like, that is an absolute possibility for sure. So, uh, that is cool. Looking forward to getting those doors opened up and getting that going. That's specifically what we avoid in Portsmouth. If you can walk there from your house, I don't want you there. It's scary. Like, you've got to cross the railroad tracks, and it's no good. So these guys don't know, really, like, our current situation. Like, where our gym was, like, you guys have all – a lot of you guys have been there, but we we were in a racquetball court for a while, and then, and then we moved upstairs to this really cool spot. Like, it's huge. It's perfect. And then the, the people that were leasing the gym from the building owner – had issues and uh, and they left and so it's us right now in this empty thirty five thousand square foot building. You guys are in that thing by yourself. By ourselves, oh, yeah, man. Oh, are you so, serious? 
So yeah. we were going over the finances of like, cause we got to supply toilet paper. We got like soap in the shower <laughs> and stuff like that. We, have, we figured out how to use the sauna. We're in the sauna after class every night. Are you awesome. serious? You have that whole building by yourself. It is yeah. awesome. Dude, that is crazy. It's absolutely insane. But like, but we're also like month to month cause they're trying to sell it. So oh, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's like the best and the worst at the same yeah. time. Yeah. You know? Uh, now, is there a chance that when they sell it, you'll be able to still stay in that in that spot? Yeah, because I mean, they can sell it. Has look, we've already got a paying client already there. Exactly, exactly. And they and he's like, well, I'm happy to bring it up with whoever buys the place. We're always like, you know, he lets us know when he's got someone that's looking at it. The reality is, is like, if we got to move, we got to move. It's nothing we've done before. We haven't done before. We love the space. Yeah, but everything I see, whoever po- who posts the pictures of that place. Georgie. Georgie. Okay, good. So then I'll be able to start talking shit again because I wasn't sure who was posting the pictures. Initially, I was talking a little bit of shit, but then I wouldn't. And then I was like, ah, I'll cool a little bit until I figure out who's who's posting those pictures. But the stuff that you post, those black and white pictures are freaking awesome. I love the stuff that yeah. you post. Dude, we got, it's like the best lighting in there. Yeah. So the funny part, this is, this is how much of how ridiculous we are. Like we got... We could we got banned from our own Instagram account, so like we had to take over Jay's. <laughs> Why? Well, we don't know. We lost the password, or whatever, and then we couldn't get back in. <laughs> and they wouldn't give it to us. They wouldn't give it to us. <laughs> now it's really weird if you're is that you self quarantine yourself from your own Facebook account? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we have some theories. There's some theories, but. Uh, the funny part is, like, the people that I connected with on my Instagram before we turned it into the the, uh, the business account are, like, they'll I'll get a message on Facebook or a text be like, dude, someone took over your Instagram. There's, like, this kid with a giant head, like, posting <laughs> on your Instagram all the time. And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. That's just George. <laughs> 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 that was a that long is. way to get there, but I think it paid off really well in the end there. Nice work there, Jay. <laughs> Dude, it's big, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful head. And when I do jujitsu, I use it. It's not good for anything else. <laughs> so, Chris, you've been quiet, man. What's going on on your end? Uh, not much. Um, uh, we just renewed our lease for our school. Um, we've been there for what a year we've been a year this yeah. into our new building um, so that was that's what we did uh, is, that your better, we, is that your better half there she is hi Stacy so hey Stacy nice to meet you nice to meet you guys um, so we just renewed our lease we're going to be opening a new school uh, about 45 minutes away from us an affiliate for us, um, probably they, we need to find a building for them, but well, as soon as quarantine is done, but we're going to be doing that soon. Um, and then we have an affiliate in Tennessee as well. So that's about I it. I got a us. new front desk out of this quarantine stuff. She did. Nice. She got a new front desk. <laughs> <laughs> and we expanded our mats. It's quality. Yay. Just to not use them. Just to not so use what, them. What was the so, deal, yeah. Chris? When you when you said, "Hey, when we plan our third location in the Empire, I'll let you have a desk." 
I already had a Stacy Island, kind of is what he deemed it. And it was a makeshift of two desks, and it looked awful. So now I have a whole real desk now. So a year later. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, congratulations on the on the on the uh, on the growing man. That's amazing. If you're, yeah. uh, you, you're it's actually Brian's fault right. on the desk because she saw Brian's front desk <laughs> in a picture, and she goes, "I want that." <laughs> so, nice. That that desk is nice, man. Your front entry is nice. Thanks. Beautiful. Sorry about that. Hey, Chris. <laughs> hey, you you did the ego right? Mm-hmm. And down in Nashville, when we did the uh, the tag team match, right? Yeah, let's talk about that because that was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. That's when I met you too. Yeah, yep. I was there for. The, I've done most of the egos. Um, Hang on, guys. What do you? What is an ego? And did you say tag team match? Yes. Okay. Someone explain what's going on. Okay, so it's a five on. I think it's five on five. So the ego is um, it's kind of the tournament, uh, the main tournament in Indiana. It's the Extreme Grappling Open. It's run by uh, James Clareman. That's a nice bottle of wine. Um, uh, he is James. Kind of runs the the big association in Indiana. Um, and the but did, weren't you? Didn't you compete at that? I competed at most of them. Yeah, but I I think I refed that tournament that you did. Okay, I knew I met you down there, but I couldn't remember if you were, I mean, it was so long ago, I couldn't remember if you were competing against me or if you are refing. I think I refed the, the, the tag team match, the tournament that you did. Um, but the, the, tag team ter- the tag team super fight, it's five on five. Um, so two guys enter, and you can basically tag two guys, your teammates on either side, and you can double team somebody for, I think it's like five seconds. And no heel hooks are allowed during that double team. And then once the time's up, one per- that person that's originally was in jumps out, but you can continually like drag the person over to one side so you can like continually tag people in over and over and over and over and over again and kind of run a train on a guy over and over and over and over and over I've never been to prison myself. I'm just saying. I think that's something else. Of all the analogies, that's the one. Yeah, you but went. I thought I thought that's where I met you. I was down at that, at that ego down in uh, Nashville when I did that tag team match. Yeah, but the it is it's you can YouTube it. Uh, I think it's like Extreme Grappling Open Tag Team Super Fight. Um, we've done them a couple times at the egos. Um, I actually have the kids do them in our turn in our in our school just for fun. Um, and the kids love doing them. I do it with the adults just to break up the monotony sometimes. You let kids do heel hooks or no? No. No, no heel hooks. This kids got to learn someday about heel hooks. <laughs> if you don't show them, they'll just learn it out on the street. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> 
we uh we used to in back in the day in Boston, um we would we'd separate I think this was technically a Royal Rumble, right? So you'd separate the team the entire class into two groups and then you would just go at it. And if you were tapped, you were out. And I remember Yeah, that was it. Yeah, if you got tapped, you would be out. And then so you were down like down to none. Until mm-hmm. you were down to none. That's exactly yeah. it. And uh I just remember Kenny Florian would not fight anybody one on one. He would just run over to groups that were already grappling and footlock everybody, and he would just, <laughs> people would be off the mat, off the mat constantly. And but super fun. We do it every now and again at the academy. I think we do. We play more jujitsu tag, but that gets serious when people start slapping each other. I'm like, hey, hey, it's tag, it's tag. You literally slapped me. So with the tag team, you can like be on either side of the line, but something has to be on either side of the line. So like your toe could be on either side of the line. So your like whole body could be stretched across and your partner could be on the opposite end. So you could be like six foot seven stretched across the mat trying to reach Man, your partner. That is incredible. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So they're, they're fun to do. They're, the kids love doing them sometimes. Well, sometimes. But we did it once um, with one of our female blue belts just for fun. And she actually, that was the night we gave her a blue belt because she was the last person standing on her team. And she tapped the last, she submitted everybody, I think, after that. She's five foot, what, five foot two? She's little. Yeah. And she tapped everybody else. Those are the ones you gotta watch out for, like Amanda. <laughs> I happen to be five foot two. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you you walk into that role saying like I, I want got to be careful here. I don't want to hurt anybody. You're gonna walk out like what just happened? <laughs> and just I imagine, there was a joke. Just imagine being her husband, rolling with her, and all that <laughs> pent up, all that pent up aggression <laughs> coming out in heel hooks and wrist locks. House rules, in my opinion, house rules always supersede academy rules. So if a couple are going at it and someone's like, hey, man, they're training really rough and they're yelling at each other, I'm like, those rules supersede our rules. We don't get involved in that. <laughs> not that that ever happens. No, I'm not. I just, I never, as an example. I never tried to do any of that stuff. Amanda never <laughs> tries to kill me. Never. Well, it's, it's like the highlight of my day when I get to roll with George. <laughs> the thing that uh, that it's yeah. a highlight of my day too. Yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> you people are rotten. You're all rotten. Jay, um, Jay Mansfield, just like tries to eat my soul every time we roll. He just, he, it looks like it's not even, it's not even fun anymore. That was the old Jay. This is this is the COVID Jay. COVID Jay is not trying to compete anywhere. Um, yeah, man. Like I, I, it's a bummer. Like we, for all you guys that are competitors, Brian. I know you were on the on the razor's edge right there with. You had a uh, a fight that was supposed to happen. Probably got, I, never happened, right? Yeah, I was actually like pulling into the parking lot to weigh in for that fight. Yeah. When it got canceled, that really sucked. And uh, I was—I've never felt more ready to compete 
than getting ready for pans this year. I was like, man, I'm at the top of my game. I'm like the strongest I've ever been. I'm completely uninjured. I'm ready to go. Like, and then it was, and then I was eating candy bars. <laughs> and now look at you. You're laying in bed with no pants on. Right, right, right. I mean, I'm going to have to put some pants on if I go downstairs to get more pizza, but actually I'm probably going to put pants on to get more pizza. <laughs> Why you got to put pants on to get pizza? Uh, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm probably not going to do that. I'm just going to go get my pizza. <laughs> and then there was silence. One of my, one well, of my favorite podcast moments was how upset Riddler was when we did the podcast at Pell's place with Brian. And, like, I didn't know how to shut the mic off. We were like, can we get food? Yeah, let's get food. I'll shut the mic off. I didn't know how to shut the mic off. So Brian goes to get the food. We never shut it off. We just kept going. 45 minutes later, I bring back pizza only because we ordered Mexican food and they brought us back, like, two right. tacos. That's right. Like, That's right. Two tacos with eight people. I forgot about that. That's right. And then we ate pizza on the podcast and really. Oh, it was delicious too. I was pissed. You yeah, remember that place we walked to? It was like. Of course I was pissed. There's nothing grosser than a bunch of people eating on the microphone right into people's headphones. You know? That's not true. Have you ever seen Two Girls, One Cup? <laughs> yeah, I think I think you've made this sort of like a scale here, Jay. Maybe not a binary here. <laughs> well, you said there's nothing grosser. I'm just saying. You know, but Jay okay. Uh, no, you're right. I, I will absolutely. I, I'll concede. You are correct. There is something grosser. Something grosser than you guys eating directly into the microphones into people's headphones. But uh, yes, you're absolutely right. Thanks. Good. Sorry about that. <laughs> What's the, how's We Defy doing? They're doing good. Yeah, like what's going on? Anything like, uh, I mean, what do they do when there's no jujitsu? Like there's no uh, events to put on, right? I mean, there's probably work to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're, I, I, a lot of the stuff they've been posting recently is about just staying mentally tough and strong and on edge and things like that. So I think that's the the message right now to reach out to whoever you can to to uh, for support and help if you need it. You know, that's why I reached out to you guys. I need the support. Amanda's sick of me walking around the house pissed. <laughs> well, you guys got mats? Choke him out, Amanda. I know, I know. I've actually been getting addicted out because I've been doing these Zoom calls um, three days a week with doing the women's classes. So I've actually luckily been kind of training still, not my normal schedule, but I get together with all the girls just like how we are here and I teach a class and so we all do it together. It's great. It's not like being at the gym, but it's kind of close. You know, it's not too bad. Anybody else teaching classes? Chris, are you? Uh, kind of. I started doing, actually I kind of followed your lead and Pete Wilhelm's lead. Um, Actually, Pete called us the other day, just out of the blue, about doing, like, sending homework home for the kids. Um, so what I did was, well, kind of homework, um, just posting on the student or student Facebook page to, like, making grappling dummy and doing drills for, the like, a couple arm, like, arm bar drills for X amount of minutes 
or like Googling like jujitsu trivia and have them watching jujitsu videos. Like we did who competed in all 24 world championships. That's him on the student page. So, and so they actually have to research competitors and watch competition <clears throat> videos. So they actually start learning about who these guys are um, and post them answering the questions. So it gives them actual, I get to see what they're doing, not like, well, the parents are answering the questions for them, which I know some of them are trying to do, but I want to see them actually giving me the answers. So that's what, that's what we've been doing. I need to get on the mat or else I'm going to choke my wife out soon. Yeah, you look like you're getting pretty frustrated right now. Hey, for you guys that are uh, owning own academies and doing all this virtual classes and stuff that I see, how, how's that working out for you guys? Because I saw, uh, you know, for, for those of you that know Uncle Joe, uh, he's been trying that, and I, I, don't, I don't even think he knows how to turn on his phone or anything like that, so he's having a rough time with it. So I was wondering if you're having any problems, if people are taking part of it. Yeah, I've had some good success. Um, the first time I got on, I had a big class. The next one was a little smaller. The one after that, Fridays are never a big day for me anyway. But um, like my regular, like the, the girls who are completely committed, they are always on. Um, so we'll see next week. Next week will be the second week that I've been doing it. We'll see like how the numbers are. But I think it's, it's a, one way to engage the team and keep us together. So when we do get back to the mats, I'm not, we're not starting from scratch all over again with new people. You know, we're, I'm trying to keep our people who I know, they are like on the same path that I am. We have the same goals. I want to keep those people engaged. So uh, when we do get back to the mats, it won't be like, you know, having the gruel task, the grueling task of like starting from scratch, at least physically, because there's such a demand on our bodies. Like it's important that we at least stay fit. So we're not necessarily doing like jujitsu, but we're doing like all the abs. We're um, going to incorporate some weights next week. So push ups, you know, um, air squats, stuff like that, just kind of stay in shape. I like Are the fact that, that um, I was watching. I was I I was watching Chris actually the other day, and uh, I like the fact that he puts in just really good content. He puts out, he'll put a technique out over Instagram, and you know, and he'll explain it in detail. And he does like a quick. Hit. Where did you go? <laughs> <laughs> he just like walked off the thing. He's just like talking. He's like, oh, I'm out of here. Hey, guys, what's up? I'm back. It's just good to see that, that you know, people are putting a technique out, you know. I, 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 oh, I see it on a lot of other blogs and a lot of other pages, but watching Chris do it is really it's, – it's been really good because I noticed that he's putting stuff out. He builds – he usually builds upon it. He keeps it all um, – he keeps everything kind of related in the technique throughout each time he goes into he goes in and uh and puts it out over instagram or something i thought i i think he's doing a great job with that i i noticed that for sure 
Yeah, because that's what it's actually what we're going to do curriculum wise is we we're planning on doing that the past two weeks was those drills. And well, since we weren't able to do class, that's what I was going to teach. So I figured, well, I was going to film them anyway for our student pages for our guys in our affiliate schools. So I'd film them and do them and post them for everybody. So uh, I have a couple more that I got to post anyway. And then my lovely wife is going to be the dummy for the other ones. It is true. That's what we're down to. I'm going to have to talk to Liz because she's got to step up, man. I'm going to let him know that you got significant others that are stepping up. I'm, like, I'm not volunteering. No, you got volunteered. <laughs> That's the beautiful part about jujitsu. You don't have to. I don't do jujitsu as well. <laughs> Hey, Greg, sorry about that. Before, I thought Duncan was asking that question, and he was walking away as he was asking it. I didn't realize that was you. I was like, where is he going? He's asking the question. He's walking away. <laughs> on my phone, I only have like four of us on here, so I have to scroll over to find out yeah, who's asking to, the question. Yeah, I'm, every, time one of, everyone, every time somebody talks, I have to scroll through on my phone to see, okay. Yeah, me too. Now, I'm like, and, and, and I, I thought it was Duncan asking it. He was just like walking away asking the question. I was like, Hey, nice ass, but where's he going? <laughs> Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Yeah, if no you, problem. It, you know, there's a gallery. There's out. a little. There's a little gallery view on your phone if you can find it, so you can see everybody talking at one time. But oh, I don't know how to do that. But sorry about that, Greg. I apologize. No I didn't mean to no, be like, no, no. what the hell? No, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. Actually. Hey, Brian, I believe in you. If you just touch the screen, just touch it, and you can figure it out. Oh boy. <laughs> Brian's had, by the way, Brian's been doing some online techniques. I saw that uh, spider guard drill with the belt leading to a uh, demonstration on how to move spider guard to X guard and single leg X and that kind of thing. Yeah, this week uh, we were working on a single or a spider guard and lasso leg. And uh, Gigi wants to say hi. Oh, there she goes. Um, but we were working on that, and we were working on a, uh, a hip toss. Next week, we're going to work on a drop Sainagi, so you can still do it. Like solo drills with a belt or a uh, elastic band, and then a uh, standing guard pass. What's that? Nothing. Yeah, so like if, they, if they're solo and they don't have anybody that they can train with, then, then they can either use their belt or like an elastic band if they have one of those like resistance bands. But just trying to give them something, yeah. Yeah. But just give them something that they can do. They can still work on their handwork and footwork while they're doing this. I mean, if they can work on that and mimic that handwork then and footwork, then you know that's that's a lot of what it is. You know, I mean, it, nothing's going to substitute training or being with the person or being able to, to drill with the person that isn't just like laying there and is an active partner. But in this interim, while we're in this situation that we're at now. It, you know, anything that we can do, at least actively engaging our mind and our body to do it is going to be helpful in the situation, you know? I think those those resistance band drills are actually pretty cool. I've seen a bunch of solo stuff that's junk that everybody's putting out. I'm like, like this is, you're trying too hard. Like, let's go back to basics. You know, there's stuff that we do. We can shrimp. We can, you know, we can do the wall versions and stuff like that. We can, you know what I mean? We can the fighter guards. Juju. Yeah. I remember looking back, Ronda Rousey, I think, did a similar thing with when she was working her drop Sayanagi 
with a resistance band and she would rep it out with that band. Mm -hmm. I mean, and uh, I think it's excellent drill because the Sayanagi is never one that is done without resistance, right? There's always going to be that that pull back. You got to work your core and kind of bring the guy in. I think it's an excellent drill. I think I've actually liked the live drills the best. The live videos, I mean. So the ones that are pre-recorded and posted later, those are good. But the ones that I watch the most are actually the live drills. So, or the live techniques that are on um, social media. Because if you have a question, you can just message them. And then they look at their messages before they are done with the, the live video. And they'll answer your question right then and there. Those actually are the ones I find myself watching the most. Yeah, I've been using uh, Instagram Live and Facebook Live and interacting with people, or we've been interacting yeah, with people. All week. We got a lot of feedback, a lot of questions. Like you said, it's nice yeah. to be able to answer them live in that format. Yep. Plus, our uh, like our kids, we do the kids classes too, and our kids just love to, you know, wave and say hi and hear us say their name on a live feed. That they, they eat it up. So that's awesome. very cool. Yeah, that's awesome, Ryan. You're probably a guy that gets to grapple the unwilling, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're probably getting your training in. Oh, all the time. Well, the nine one one calls don't stop. They they're still calling for everything. So. It, it is non-stop calls. It never Wait, ends. What's the technique on the, in, in the streets of New York today? Hey, guys, uh, it's all good. Just one at a time. So uh, go with uh, Jay there. Ryan, Ryan what's, the, what's the most popular technique in the streets of New York tonight? Double leg takedown, back take, what is it? <laughs> I'm always a fan of the double leg takedown. It's the most effective. Nice. <laughs> hey. Yeah, Brian, what's up? I said tonight it's the front kick. Oh. <laughs> tonight he's sitting in the cruiser and he ain't talking to anybody. But us. right. Yeah, we were told to stay away from uh, most people unless it's an absolute emergency because it's blowing up here in New York. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to ask they, earlier. They just keep calling. It's nonstop. Yeah. Have they uh, restricted on, like, are you doing, like, priority calls for certain things or? Um, as far as any uh, medical calls go, they just want us to, uh, unless it's, like, life-threatening, to kind of have a hands-off approach to it because it's, the people are just testing positive left and right up here there's just too many people it's spreading too easily up here but uh i mean you think the department would give me you know my own personal uh people and stuff like that and they, they gave us a set for the car so like eight guys have to share it i'm like yeah that's, i'd rather have oh so it's uh kind of more of a hands-off technique <laughs> yeah i heard that the first responders have actually had 300 um, of their people uh, infected just by helping other people. So first responders in uh, New York are getting hit really hard right now. The problem with this is that they don't want to... uh, Just because Stand by. He'll, uh, Ryan will come back. Stand by. Ryan's they get infected. Back. Who, who's gonna, so they're trying to keep us kind of all segregated. 
at the, at the moment. I heard we're going to be segregating the whole state of New York, and you guys aren't allowed to even leave. Nope. <laughs> I'm surprised. We might not be allowed to talk to you guys right now. <laughs> You're not going to infect us through the computer, are you? We're going to try. Uh, I'm going down. I'm taking everybody with me. <laughs> that's that's the Matrix stuff right there. COVID over the internet. That would be uh, yeah. I think they said the uh, the FDNY had uh, they had over six thousand runs the other day. It's the most runs they've had since nine eleven in one day. Most nine one one calls. So it's been pretty. It's been pretty busy. <laughs> Man, I can't even imagine calls from people that are uh, that that are kind of breaking the. Uh, the shelter-in rule, like, like hey, there's a guy shooting a basketball in my neighborhood, like, whatever, like, that kind of, like, BS-type stuff where a guy's just outside doing his thing, or uh, are they serious calls? If, if they're very serious calls, what do you think is all that? Well, everything, everything as far from our end, it might be a little different for Ryan. Everything is, uh, we're hitting the brakes on everything. We're just making sure what we have. Like, we don't get sent out on things like that, but the cops do. So uh, I think the NYPD is doing similar to what Suffolk PD is doing. They're just they're taking it easy, going into everything, making sure that they don't have to uh, have any unnecessary contact with people, trying to minimize it. But what we, uh, the biggest problem seems to be people that are just emotionally disturbed over it, and they're calling in things. Uh, my friend's wife is a nurse, and she's saying people are going to the hospital demanding, uh, you know, tests for the coronavirus, and they don't have any symptoms. They don't have. Uh, any of the ailments, but they, you know, they're whipped up into a frenzy. So they're saying, you know, I, I, I demand this, I demand that. They had a couple of incidents in her waiting room in the hospital. Somebody was throwing around chairs. Another guy started coughing on people because he was upset he had to wait. So uh, I think the real heroes of this are the nurses and basically nurses and truck drivers, man. They have to be there when they are passing with no family. Like they're the only people there holding the person's hand who's dying and the people yeah. who are dying have no family there. Like they're yeah. the first, those poor nurses. I mean, they, I, my heart goes out to them. Yeah, they're working really hard. Yeah. They're really, they're putting in a lot of hours. They're really, they're dealing with a lot. They're, they're <coughs> pretty tight. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's certainly a, a really tough gig. And you know, if you wanted to be cold hearted about it, you could say that that's what they signed up for. Uh, but at the same time, it's, you know, they, in that profession, there's never enough people to do the job that needs to be done. And so the, the people that there are, three people need to do the job of five people. And that's just the way that it is on a regular basis. And so, well, like Jay, I, 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 I kind of feel, I, I kind of feel you can say the same thing about any first responder or anything. I mean, people always say, well, they go into that burning building because it's, uh, because they, that's what they signed up for. And if somebody dies, so be it. Or that police officer gets, you know, takes two to the chest. That's because that's what he signed up for. It, just because you sign up to do a profession doesn't mean that you're not a human being. You know, we're all human beings. And I think we, you know, my, my, uh, I take this very close to heart in a way because my son, uh, my middle kid, is, a, uh, is an ICU nurse at the Beth Israel in Boston. And he's, he, the other night, he was the charge nurse of the, of the COVID-19 ICU. Wow. So, I, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's scary in the fact that, you know, 
here's this kid, I was changing his diapers. And the next thing I know, he's, he's running an ICU with COVID-19 patients, wow. you know, wall to wall <laughs> in there. And, and you're going, okay, how did I blink? And this all of a sudden happened, you know? So you, and that's, uh, it, it's, it's hitting close to home now because I'm, I'm real, you know, you realize that your kid is doing something so important, you know, and taking care of people, you know? And that, Greg, that's, that's, where, that's where I was getting with that was that, um, you know, when you, when you, when it, it's easy to look at it from a numbers perspective and be like, Oh, well, that's what you chose to do. And you went, you got education, you go and doing the job and now you're asked to do the job. So you got to do the job. It's just, it's, it's a very human involvement in what we're dealing with right now. And this whole quarantine thing, is a luxury for some of us that don't have to do it, who aren't being ordered to, who aren't required to go and serve the public. It's, it is actually a luxury for us to say, I don't have to put myself at risk. And the rest of these people, they do have to put themselves at risk. And since there's less of them, you know, it's double or triple the work that they're nor- normally used to handling in a very hostile environment. So, um, you know, I, I only have the biggest respect for all, of, all the folks out there, first responders, firemen, policemen, nurses, doctors, anyone out there who's taking care of us right now. It's the... Uh, it, it, it's it's hell on earth, you know, for them to deal with this right now. But no one's better equipped than they are, and I know that they'll they'll take care of it. Uh, Greg, one of my cousins, she is a uh, pediatric ER doctor in Cincinnati, and my mom texted me last night and said that she was she had her PPE on and was exposed to the COVID nineteen and got diagnosed with it last night. She tested positive for it last night, so. Some of it does. Wow, man. Wow. Yeah. So just because, you know, the PPE is on you doesn't mean it's, doesn't mean that it does work. So guys, how's it where you're at, Chris? Like, where, I mean, I know Illinois is bad and Chicago is bad. And then in Cincinnati, we had, talking about uh, it, we had our we first, Indiana. yeah. Indianapolis, it, it, I don't think we Bigger had. Bigger cities are bad. Like, Indianapolis is bad. Um, here in Rochester and little Mayberry, we've had one case. So like, we're really fortunate. Um, um, we had like our first, what it was shelter in this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, we got ordered shelter in this week, but really, I mean, there's more people out on the street this week than there was when the governor said, Hey, guess what? You know, bars and restaurants can only do dining like that's when i said we were going to close our school with when bars and restaurants were going to start closing down and you know there's less people on the streets then than there are now when people are supposed to be quarantined but common sense would say stay home but now there's more people out me personally like we have two people in our school, like my daughter, um, she has an autoimmune disease. Um, she has alopecia and we can't afford for her to ever be sick. Because, you know, she's, she got a compromised immune system. One of our school, one of our students at our school, she has a compromise, she has a compromised immune system. So we can't afford, we couldn't afford for us to stay open. And like, I keep that place like a hospital. Like I bleach, I stay late every night to clean that place, that place. It's like a hospital. Um, so we can't, we couldn't afford to stay open, but with everything going on. So that's, 
that's the way you should be running it. And that's awesome. And I'm glad that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed uh, if you're on, you know, social media, a decent amount. And I know all of you as le- at least the school school owners are, cause we have to be, but um, there's some folks out there like getting together and training and not hiding it and not hiding it. And I'm like, you know, the fact that you guys can get together and you feel healthy and you're, you don't even know if you're really healthy and you know, you're getting together with a bunch of other people. That's it's uh, even if it's not you, it's just uh, you're taking a risk for, for all of us, right? You're creating a problem for all of us. And, we had uh, done we had done some training that I had, you know, there are a few people that got together to train at some places, and it wasn't necessarily that bad until like just like random people would show up wanting to train, and so then you know that kind of got kiboshed. It's, it's tough to not at least be able to train a little bit, even with it's someone that I don't know. You're in close contact and they're quarantining kind of themselves too. So like in situations like that, like George and Amanda, you know, you guys could train together and, you know, James could wrestle with his manhood and, you know, Chris and his wife <laughs> train together. But, you know, like Joe and I, like I come home to myself, you know, Joe goes home to his wife. She's a, UFC fighter, she's quarantining herself. So, like, literally, we're in contact with each other and his spouse and Juju for me. So, I mean, we we train a little bit. We're teaching virtual classes. So, I mean, in that situation, I don't think it's necessarily because you're you're mitigating that risk a little bit. I guess you know. No, for sure, for for sure. I think you are. Like when you limit it the way that talking about it and I'll, I'll be honest with you we did the same thing at the, in the very beginning we said we'll have these you know like hey we got to shut the academy down but we'll do some training here that lasted like twice and then we were like this is out of hand we got to shut it down sorry like yeah i mean then- I, I didn't want to shut down at all i was adamant about i don't want i mean not i'm a firm believer in i do not want to close my academy for for anything you know but um it's it got to a point where one i was kind of told that i needed to but two it started to make a lot of sense that we needed to really start to try to do whatever we could to slow that any type of contact or process down you know right right yeah i was i don't know enough about this thing and i don't think a lot of people do about how this thing is going to behave to say, Hey, this is what we should do or what we shouldn't do. I think we're all in the same agreement that, you know, uh, let's err a little bit on the side of caution. You know what I mean? I think we all are like everything I've seen from you guys is that, you know, that's what you're doing. Um, Cause it, at the end of the day, I'll be happier kind of taking a little bit more of a conservative look at things than, uh, than not, you know, I saw your post, uh, Brian, today about, like, uh, new people calling, and I was – I couldn't believe it. Like, we were getting calls, and I was like, man, right now might not be the time you want to start jujitsu. I was like, wait a couple months. We'll do it. It'll be awesome. But, like, right now, I don't want to start. 
dude, I'm getting messages and calls about, hey, man, uh, you know, I, I know that you're closed down right now, but I want to join. What do I got to do this? You know, I've got people wanting to buy geese and, and needing this equipment. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I got you. I'll help you out. No problem. Um, keep watching the virtual classes and then when you can come in we'll we'll get you in there and, and start training regular but yeah i mean i'm receiving multiple messages and uh, about people that want to sign up so i mean it's a good thing i mean i've had a few freezes which was unfortunate you know everybody's in this situation but uh for the most part the majority of my students are standing strong you know i'm teaching I, like literally we are working more now than what i historically do uh, I, I teach three 30-minute privates a day. I've got four virtual classes a day, plus we're remodeling a little bit. So by the time I'm done at night, when it's, you know, 8 o'clock at night, I'm, I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, and honestly, this, uh, like the, the virtual format is, uh, I don't want to say become the norm, you know, but so many, you know, school owners are doing that. And uh, we're starting to reach a, a far more first demographic that we do with just our typical advertising or people who are going to walk through the front door. So we've said it a few times in our virtual class instruction that, uh, you know, people have the opportunity right now to potentially take their first free trial class from the comfort of their own home. But definitely all experienced people who are just too nervous to walk in and, and try out jujitsu, you know? So I think that's part of the, the reason that we're getting those new leads. I mean, I've got students that sat in the parking lot for four times before they finally got the courage to come in and open and, and open the front door now they they love it and and this virtual environment kind of gives them a segue into hey you know this thing is going to end eventually you know and it's something that i've always been interested in doing i follow this or i follow that i'm in my house you know quarantining myself why don't i try some of these things or why don't i do some of them so i mean it's it's been a good thing for people to you know experience what the instruction would be like if they were there from even, a person in a sense get to know the, yeah. the instructor you know your right because i still joke around i was messing with him the other day i mean it's something that that we still do i'm about ready to take this thing inside because my phone's getting ready to die but um but you know it's something that that somebody can see and get a feel for the environment that they're going to be in if they've got somebody in there that's like clashes with like their personality is like you know like for me, that would be that person, <laughs> but you know, you know, they can kind of get a feel for, Oh, I can kind of re relate or I understand how this person teaches or I, I get the feel for what they're trying to say here. You know, I had a guy that messaged me and it was like, Hey, this position, I was like, I was really kind of confused what you were talking about, but we worked through the position and he's not even one of my students and I'm doing these virtual classes online for, for everyone because there's some people that aren't doing that, you know? Right, and, and for me, you crossed off the three biggest things that will, uh, that will keep people from training jiu-jitsu. One is the fear of walking through the front door. And it's, it's a hard thing for someone that hasn't trained before. You know, I, 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 I commend anybody that does it, but I don't blame you if you don't. It's a hard thing to want to walk through the door and do. Two, it's reaching people that you don't normally – you know, reach out to like in a normal jujitsu class, especially if you're beginner, you're on the mat with 20, 25 people you've never met before. Some big guys, younger guys, young, like women, bigger, smaller, older, younger, more experienced, less experienced. That's really difficult. And three, the vibe, you have no idea what the vibe is going to be like. And so right now 
Brian, you're hitting all three, right? You're like, hey, you don't have to walk through the front door. You just hop on your computer and you can see. Number two, like you don't have to worry about the variability. Like you can just pay attention to me. This is kind of what's going on. And this is what happens in class every night. Don't worry about all of them. Pay attention to what I'm telling you to do. Try to do it to your best of your ability. And that's it. And <laughs> experience the vibe. The vibe is the big thing, man. Like you got to have a, you got to have a good vibe with, with what you're trying to do. If you're in an uncomfortable or awkward environment, like that makes it terrible for everyone. And it's like, which is another reason that those live formats are so valuable. You know, anybody can can cut and chop and put together a perfect commercial to make their academy look a certain way. But you know, when you're live interacting with people, making those comments and seeing natural reactions in your natural demeanor, I, I do. I think that it's uh, it's really made a lot more people comfortable with uh, just the concept of jujitsu. I agree with that as well because you guys know during a class on any given night. It's a uh, there's a, that vibe that we're talking about kind of takes place. You know, there's some there's some joking and there's a little bit of laughing here and there. It's it's a little bit looser than what you might see if you were in a in a karate school something like that. You know what I mean? It's the way jujitsu is. And I feel for that to be like, hey, like you know, I might make fun of myself a little bit if I'm trying to find my words and I'm not explaining things the way I want to. You know what I mean? I'll I'll, I'll knock myself down a peg or two and. It's good to humanize yourself with your group, you know what I mean? And when, when people get a sense of that, they get a sense of how you're relating to the person that you're working with or trying to use the technique with, it makes them more comfortable, you know what I mean? And that person that's watching that online is much more likely to say, hey, I'm going to go learn jujitsu. And I know obviously this is a business sense of these things and like we want more members, but the more people that in this world that do jujitsu, the better this world is going to be. I can understand uh, what you guys are saying with the vibe and all that and people that don't know kind of can see with techniques and what goes on but when it's time to roll and and actually go at it that's going to be a stiff punch in the face man that's things get real right there you know that you can't get that unless you get your ass on those mats and you got that big ass 250 pound guy trying to strangle you to death uh, so it's good that they could see stuff but that's going to be a culture shock when they when it's time to go. When somebody's yeah. sweat is dripping in your eyes yeah. or like in your Sweating mouth. And bleeding and drooling on each other. And, and you're grabbing on their sweaty foot. You, and, you know, <laughs> sticky feet and faults and everything else. You know, this, I, I don't know what we all signed up for, man. It's a disgusting sport. I should have stuck to God. <laughs> nothing nothing is worse, though is when you're trying to teach like a mount escape and when your dummy sweats in your mouth while oh, yeah. you're trying to instruct. And I know my student is watching right now. <laughs> Speaking of which, guys, there's a couple. There's, there's a, there's a, uh, could you guys mute your mics when you're not talking there? Uh, there's a couple of, uh, couple of things coming in from the internet for this live stream, if you don't mind me asking. First off, uh, Nancy Black, I don't know the, a lot of these people, said that, yeah, this is a, a huge fear for a lot of people is getting started. And uh, let's see, Ryan uh, Ferguson, a fan of this podcast, uh, he wrote in, let's see, he's got a bunch of questions. How about, uh, wow, all right, he's got another one while I'm talking. How about, just tuning in, anyone hear about the Navy vessel repurposed for healthcare? Stationed. Sorry, Brian. I'm going to mute you for a sec. Uh, there's definitely somebody talking behind you. I can hear you. Um, Ryan says, "Just tuning in." Yeah. Anyone hear the, about uh, 
Did anyone hear about the Navy vessel repurposed for healthcare stationed or yes. about to be stationed in New York? Go. Yeah, Riddler. That's uh, that's called the USNS Comfort. It's a uh, it's a USNS ship, meaning it's it's run by it's run by civilians that work for the U.S. government. Okay, like merchant marines, but the people that actually work there's actually it's actually a floating hospital with ICU units, um, surgical suites. It's all all the medical staff that on that are on that are U.S. Navy um, uh, doctors nurses and hospital corpsmen. So that was my specialty when I was in the service was being a doc. I was a, I was a corpsman with the Marines. I never served on the USNS Comfort, but that's a, that's an amazing, I mean, it, you would, you'd be hard pressed to find that level of medical expertise in a regular hospital in the United States. What they can handle and the level of care that they can provide is, is unsurpassed. Do you know, uh, do you personally know whether it's actually stationed there or not? Do you know anything about this? It's, it's, um, from what I understand, the president did a, um, he did a speech in front of the comfort this afternoon and that's in Norfolk at the Naval station. And that's the largest Naval base on the planet. That's for any country. It's massive. Yeah. It's in Norfolk, Virginia. And now the comfort is supposed to be leaving and going to New York city. It's going to be sitting, it's going to be sitting like, like right in the Hudson. And, uh, and they're going to be putting sick people, they're going to be taking care of sick people, just like an additional hospital. But wow. what the level of care that they are able to provide is, is amazing. I mean, you, it's, I mean, if you were sick and you ended up on that, you got a really good shot at survival. It's, I mean, the level of care they have is, is amazing. That's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, I'm sure that's what Ryan's asking. Let me ask you the, let me just tell you the other things that are coming in. You guys can respond all at once there. Uh, has this pandemic opened anyone's eyes up for more future internet-based instructions like grappler's guide that kind of thing after uh after things come back and in addition to that last question do you think you'll continue the online classes after this is all said and done i feel like it's a great reference because training shouldn't strictly be in the gym the mind needs to be exercised outside the physical aspect of inside the gym you know it's a good marketing tactic as well thanks ryan and uh, it's a great supplemental portion of learning i guess the point is ryan's asking is anybody going to keep doing this uh when things come back what do you think i considered it um i probably won't though because i already like either like teaching my teaching schedule is completely full i mean maybe if i was sick and couldn't leave the house again, then definitely. But me personally, teaching um, online, I probably won't. Keep it on the mats. That's yeah, we're going. We had uh, we had planned already to do some stuff with virtual training and um, the YouTube, <laughs> the YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel, and uh, and things like that. And this just kind of like forced us to do it a lot faster than what we were planning on doing it. So, I mean, we were already moving in that direction to, uh, to an online format. So it really just kind of pushed us faster than what we wanted to go at it and, and forced our hand. But I do, and we're going to continue this, this style of format, not totally afterwards, but in, in, as a supplement to our regular training. You know what my favorite videos are, too? I wanted to mention this are the guys that are doing the videos with their wives 
as their uh, ookies. I actually enjoy watching those videos. I just have to say that. <laughs> Did you guys see the look that Chris just gave his wife right now? That was awesome. It's true. I find myself you so much. See? Now you need to figure out how to get out of that choke. <laughs> you got yourself in there. I, I started a ladies-only class. Oh my so that my wife would start training. She has no excuse now. We have a child. I'm busy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's at bedtime. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, I, I could, um, we're not, I mean, Port City's not doing online classes, I think for the most part, because so many of you guys are, are handling that right now. We might do some a little bit of stuff here and there. I'm still hoping that uh, George is going to post a video uh, us boxing with uh, uh, two of the boxing legends of all time coaching us. Uh, but uh, to answer the question, the internet, the, the the reality is is that yes, the the online learning is a it's a tool, right, for us to increase the knowledge level we have in jujitsu. But the reality is nothing replaces physical training, and it never will in jiu-jitsu. There's an aspect that all of the uh, higher-level guys, uh, you know, on, on this will talk to you about is that it gets to a point where your brain kind of, at, the, at least in the, in, the, in the forefront of the role, kind of shuts down and your body takes over based on muscle memory and how things feel. How things feel in a role is very, very critical. And that's something you just can't accomplish through online training alone. The, like the rolling aspect of jiu-jitsu is what makes our martial art special in that if you look at, uh, let's see here, like the, the martial arts that you would see um, exercise the most in, let's say, mixed martial arts, wrestling, boxing, American boxing, uh, uh, jiu-jitsu, judo, those are all arts in which when you go to class on any given night, you're going to get thrown down. You're going to get punched. You're going to get submitted. You're going to get taken down. You're going to get pinned. Those are the things that make those arts very special because every time they practice them, there's a martial component to what they're doing. And if we erase that jiu-jitsu and say, hey, can you learn jiu-jitsu completely virtually? The answer is absolutely not no and not to an effective level. And yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. And we were, we were trying to move in a, in a virtual standpoint just to supplement the, uh, the live training aspect of it. But right now, with this stay-at-home thing that most people are under, under right now, I mean, like, literally, most people are under some type of stay-at-home social distancing contact thing where they don't want people in contact with other people. You know, you're pretty much staying at home or in the close confines of you and your friends or your family, you know, in that environment, you know, this is the, the best thing that we can do to supplement that right now. And, you know, there are people out there that are missing that, uh, that aspect of, of training and the, the mental detachment from life that it brings to a lot of people. And I think that you know, even if I'm doing solo drills and I'm trying to concentrate on what my instructor is telling me 
through a virtual class, at least for that 30 minutes or, or so that that person is teaching that class, it, it takes me out of the, of where I'm at now and brings me to, you know, where I'm at training jujitsu and not having to worry about those things that are outside of my control. Dude, you know, what's crazy is like, it's, uh, and I was thinking about this, like not only it's like jujitsu is shut down in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, but not only that, it's like shut down all over the world. Yeah. The whole world. It's crazy. No jujitsu. Yeah, every, everything shut down all over the world. Yeah. I, I, I agree, uh, Brian, by the way, sorry, my, my computer, uh, crapped out of me. So I'm on the phone right now, but, uh, I agree. Like I'm thankful that people like you and Chris are putting, uh, some stuff online so I can scratch an itch. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't handle it. Like, you know, I, I've cleaned up my gear room like four times over. I folded everything twice. I've seen every video. You know what I mean? The fact that people are out there like yourselves that are putting stuff out there new, it's important. I know you guys are doing it for some of the newer folks so that they can get training, but just know that there are black belts watching that stuff being like, man, you're at least scratching an itch for me, like at least making me think, like my the strategy turns on a little bit and I can kind of immerse myself in that for just a second. Like I didn't mean to say right now it's not it's not important. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's the only thing we got right now. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna, exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop in here, guys. Uh, Jay, George, maybe now is a good time for you to pimp your hot new YouTube channel, which is gonna go live tomorrow. Uh, even these guys haven't seen it yet, but uh, it looks like there's a lot of stuff that's going up there. Your wish for uh, you and uh, George's big boxing match—that's gonna come true. Uh, we also have some. What you have your butt scooting uh, uh, tutorial, George, right? <laughs> We have that coming I in. Own the bus. Yeah, uh, George, I think is making a pamphlet, a uh, video pamphlet of solo drills. Uh, they're all named pretty relatively in, inappropriately. While I'm while I got you, there's there's two more. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna mute some people. Listen, here. let me just let me just say for the record, before you watch the video, Jay and I boxing. It's hard to get past his jab, man. That jab was killing me. Yeah, but, I, you know, I've seen it a couple of times, and I'm wondering, man, if you could just, if you did get past the jab, once you're in there, I mean, he I don't think he could punch down that low. I mean, he, I might, he might injure himself right, you know, in, his, in a personal way trying to hit you is what my Dude, reaction is. I got inside one time. And I and I got him good, and I think I pissed him off because man, I just started eating the friggin' jab. Yeah, you did. That. And uh, the fun part about that is that was in front of boxing legend uh, Mickey there, right? And uh, and his and brother, Mickey. and they're watching, thinking this is hilarious. So they were disgusted with me. They were that's <laughs> going up. Uh, Mickey Ward was my coach. Yeah, you know, you know what? Don't don't put that on him because if he was your coach, you would have beat the shit out of Jay. No, <laughs> uh, no way, your man. Coach. I had the mastermind. <laughs> I had Mickey Eklund coaching me, who was the mastermind behind Mickey Ward. Never yeah, I know what that. he told you to do. He told you to put your your hand right on George's head and go from there. Listen, a couple of people uh, jumped in here. Uh, Kyle Gosselin uh, is watching from who knows where out on the West Coast. And, I miss uh, that son of a bitch. What yeah, a great dude. He's not saying much. He just keeps saying all your names over and over again. And 
Someone yelled, Dad. I don't know what that means. but I miss him. <laughs> what a great guy. I miss that kid. That must be what you. What a great guy. Must be For you, sure. Rick. Yeah. And, he, uh, uh, he, he just had another kid, too. Yeah, he did. Hey, congratulations, brother. Just know that everybody over here misses you. Like, uh, we're. I know you're going to come home one day, but congratulations, brother. Like, amazing child. That looks – the mailman must be a really good-looking guy. <laughs> so you guys know we're on like a 30 second delay it's not a swearing delay but it is a 30 second delay so he it'll be a little while before he sees this and then writes back but uh he needs, sure he'll he hear this come back to portsmouth new hampshire and reclaim his title as the king of all white belts <laughs> right this guy came in day one and was like a one-man wrecking crew like wooden tap strong as hell I like steel trap of a brain, you know what I mean? It was tough from day one. I actually grabbed him. I actually grabbed him right off the top, like on the first couple of days, I mean, the first couple of rolls on his first day and just popped him down. And I actually dove underneath him for this loop while he's standing there thinking, okay, I'll pull him over. And dude just goes, no, not going to fall over. No. I'm like hanging off of him from underneath going. And then uh, Gilbert there just looks at me and goes, so. <laughs> And what's the, and, and the most perfect place that this so he had to go to San Diego for work. Um, he's he's a medic in, in the special forces, and uh, the uh, the place that he found, of course, was Victory. And I'm, I'm like so happy that he went west and found a place so suiting for him to train. And also, like a funny story, like if any East Coasters know the USS uh, Constitution. Um, he was able to get us uh, a big uh, American flag that once flew on the mast of the Constitution, and that's the flag that hangs in our academy today. And uh, just know that, bro, every day that I walk on those mats, I see that flag, I think about you. Uh, Kyle did write back. He said, graduating – sorry, guys, I'm going to wreck this. I'm not a military guy. Gra graduating IDC school next week and headed up to Port – H-U-E-N-E-M-E, -E -E. you want to say that for me, in July. Port Huynumi. There you it's go. Port Huynumi, California. It's in California? Yeah. yeah is Port that is, is that near any, uh, any, any jiu-jitsu, do you know? Oh, well, it's California. It's going to be around jiu-jitsu on every street corner, right? Right. <laughs> the cool thing about Kyle was he learned how to defend the guillotine after I guillotined him about 257 times, but he finally figured it out. He finally figured out to keep his head up when he shoots. Everybody eventually learns. <laughs> you gotta learn. You gotta learn. Hey, so I, I got a question because we talked to John Anik today for a little while about the UFC and, uh, and you know, what's going on. And so your wife and I'm pointing at the gentleman next to Brian Marvin. Um, she's fights in the UFC. Does she have like a, you know, what, what's like, did she have a fight scheduled or what's she up to? Like, uh, very luckily for us, uh, she's just coming off a fight. So she fought right here in Houston at UFC 247. So very likely, um, you know, the women in the UFC don't fight nearly as frequently as the men do. Uh, she's in the flyweight division 125 where she just uh, fought one against uh, Andrea Lee here in Houston. And uh, her next fight will very likely be in the summer. Now, of course, um, you know, the, all the craziness going on right now. I mean, Dana's still promising that Tony Khabib fight's going to go down, but I don't see how, when, or where uh, that's going to be a possibility. 
they did have that one event uh, where they first tried to, you know, do it with no crowd, and then they were going to do, you know, one fight at a time, only essential personnel, and that got shut down also. So, um, yeah, barring any major change in, in uh, sporting venues and regulations anytime immediately, um, we're hoping everything clears back up by this summer. Um, July, late July, early August is what we're looking for next, and yeah, hoping that uh, all this will be over by then, so we can get back to regular life. Well, we'll have that. We'll have that podcast up tomorrow, Sunday, if you want to listen in. John did say a, a bunch of in, uh, interesting things about what he thinks is coming up and stuff. I won't recap it now, but you get the idea. Yeah, we'll check it out for sure. Love John though. I'm, uh, yeah, I'll be excited to check that podcast out. He's a great guy. He's uh, commentated a bunch of Lawrence fights, so we've known him for years now. Yeah, and I, and I think what you'll find is that uh, he, he provides some insight into kind of at least what he's seeing right now as far as kind of what uh, the next few months might look like and kind of what the UFC is digging into. He doesn't get, you know, there's no uh, no confirmations of anything, but you'll get kind of a good indication of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish anyway. And from a fighter's perspective, you know, that this might be the most frustrating thing ever because – while all of us school school owners we we you know we're we're leaning on students to pay for our you know to rent the place and to pay people and all this stuff, but these fighters, their purse is everything they got. That's and right. So they're waiting to find out what's going to happen here and when they can get in the octagon again and trade hands with people. And um, you know what I mean? It's a very uncertain time if you're a fighter, and there's nothing you get. Training is super hard if you're an MMA fighter. So, uh, but tune into the the the, Anik, the, uh, the John Anik episode once we put it out. He uh, he shines at least a little bit of light on what you might be able to expect over the next eight weeks. Yeah, we'll check it out for sure. Thank you. Jay, I'm oh, sorry, uh, Jay. Uh, uh, Rich Saab uh, wrote in. He wants to know. Hey, Jay, I was wondering if you progressed from double stuff Oreos to Entenmann's double chocolate donuts yet. I have a feeling you're going to have an opinion on that. So here's the thing. I, I, I would love to placate everybody by telling them I've, I've moved on to the, the mega stuffed Oreos or the Entenmann's chocolate covered donut, which I did see in the grocery store today and wanted to have. But I got to draw the line somewhere. I so gotta, where's, I where's the line? I, I'm confused. I've already crossed. You do not draw the line, Jay. Anywhere I know you, you do not. I've never seen you draw the line anywhere. So are you saying uh, the line is double stuffed Oreos? Is that what you're saying? Mega stuffed Oreos. I I guess (laughs) you're Uh, mega stuffed. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's the same moderations for wimps? Yes, I mean wimps is a good podcast way of putting it. (laughs) Right. Uh, um, I just, uh, you know, for me, like, I literally, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was getting ready to go out in pants. I was in the best shape of my life, and now... Round uh, is a shape, Jay. What's that? <laughs> Round is a shape. It is a sh- I, I mean, I know. I look at it when I'm in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the phrasing on this podcast. That's the fourth <laughs> phrasing call. Phrasing. I, hey, I, I'll tell you this: the the world will be a better place when uh, when I can I can get with you, brother, in Houston, and we can mix it up a little bit and get back, and uh, I can I can watch from outside those outside those gates and watch you get back into the the ring again and compete, man. I'm looking forward to that. That's what I want to see. Hell yeah, man! For sure, definitely. And my guess is, uh, by the way, like talk to me about your recovery last six months. What that was like? I mean, obviously, I saw the match. Uh, when it happened and I've had that injury, man, it's brutal. 
and it's tough to come back from. And uh, you were about to have your first super fight back. Uh, yeah. Tell me about the recovery. What was that like? It was it was weird because you know I I basically tried to take absolutely zero time or as little time as possible off the mat because I was still having to teach classes at that time. So it was up until the surgery, and then after the surgery, it was like really really wild um, how that all went down as far as the recovery. Um, I started training in July. Actually, the first time I started training back live was in Las Vegas at Evan Dunham's gym uh, with some friends that I have out there, David Gill and a lot of his black belts. But um, my surgery was in April, I think, like right before, right after my birthday, I can't remember. And then by July, I started like barely training again. I mean, I was live training again. So it was... I would, uh, I'm a stubborn individual when it comes to recovery, and I don't like to not train. So, like, even this time right now is difficult for me. So, um, because even for my neck surgery, I've got a prosthetic disc in my neck um, at my C67. And, wow, man. Uh, how, how long have you had that? I got that at Walter Reed in 2000. And eleven. How long were you off, out for that? No, how long were you off the mat? How long until you started rolling again? Two weeks. Okay, well you're fucking crazy. But I mean, how long is it <laughs> no. sort of normally to you? I mean, like, did you feel better? Like maybe six, eight weeks later, six months later? No. What's funny is, you know, the doctor told me. He said, as soon as you get done with the surgery, you can, re re you, can re you can uh, return back to normal activities. Right. I, uh, Did you tell him what your normal activities? You know were? what you do. <laughs> well, what's funny was I was married at the time, and my wife was there, and she was like, "Don't tell him that. This dude's crazy. Like, you tell him normal activities. You know, like you can't do that." He, she goes, "He does this, this, and this." And he's like, "No, for real." He goes, when you get done with the surgery, your neck's going to be stronger than it was prior to this injury. He said, the only thing that really needs to heal is the incision on your neck. Oh, that's goes, cool. Right. Yeah. Goes, so, yeah, like the ACL. Like the ACL is going to be stronger once it's done. I had the same thing. And it's, yeah, you just got to deal with it. Well, the, the ACL is a little bit different, though. The ACL <laughs> way different. The ACL is a lot different than the neck. <laughs> Right. No, I mean, I mean, I wasn't talking about mine. I'm talking. I mean, I mentioned it, but I'm talking about your ACL. Yeah. Right? Well, the thing about it is, my ACL. I was still trying to take it easy on it, but you know, the, those things. I had a cadaver ACL, so they like had to do, I guess, or something. But there's like those like uh, anchors, I guess, that need to like seat in your joint or in the bone or something. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm, not, I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to medical things. I just like to choke people. Um, but I just knew that as much as I could do, I wanted to be able to do. I lived in that, like, machine that exercised my leg. Like, if the CPM, whatever it was called, like, I literally was – any time that I was not on my feet, I was in that machine. And it was – and I was adjusting it to push it to my knee to its absolute limits – and would exercise that thing for like literally hours and hours and hours a day to stretch it and get it moving. And I, I don't know if that played a, a huge part into it, um, but I mean, I, I had barely any issues 
with my knee and I didn't do a huge, um, uh, physical therapy on it either. The place that I was going to, when I walked in there, I told the guy, I was like, Hey, look, I'm a, I mean, I, I said, I'm a, I'm a professional, professional athlete. I'm a professional athlete. And, and he was like, yeah, 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 whatever guy. But I was like, look, I'm a professional athlete. I was like, this is what I do. I was like, I, I, I am a very athletic person. I, I don't want to be handled with kitten gloves. Just like, I need you to push me and recover me because I need to get through it. He had me doing shit like side steps and freaking like inside steps with your legs. And I was like, I can do all this bullshit off of YouTube and, and watching, you know, in my academy. I don't need to come to this guy. I was like, you know what? I, I can, I can do this recovery on my own. And I just literally tried to exercise my, I didn't do any lifting. I still don't lift. Um, I just tried to physically exercise my knee as much as humanly possible. God, first of all, God forbid if you start lifting, I'm going to stop training with you. And then, uh, but the, the interesting part about the next is that so many jujitsu people end up going to get vertebra fused and that's their answer for the neck injuries that they experience. Um, and when you and I talked, uh, you were like, bro, like tell those people like investigate a prosthetic instead of a surgical fusing. I was back on the mat. I'd never have any issues again. I can invert. I can do whatever I want. I'm better than I ever was. When everyone that had their vertebra fused has less flexibility in their spine now, there's a lot of stuff they can't do. Yeah, I got one of each. I got a, a fusion and uh, a discectomy. Um, I got them both at the exact same time. So uh, wow. the VA just wouldn't approve a dual artificial disc at the time. So I'm fused at 6.7. I got an artificial at 5.6. And... Uh, yeah, I lost a little bit of range of motion, uh, and it did take a six-month recovery for me. I couldn't get on the mats for six months, and that was that was killing. But um, both at the same time. Same time, yeah. So double disc, uh, one fusion, one discectomy. Was it a degenerative thing that had happened over time, or was there a single? Nah, one? just shitty military doctors, man. Um, <laughs> I, I had uh, what they called a couple of herniations, and uh, I separated active duty in 2014. And uh, while I was on transitional assistance, um, I went to a, a, a specialist called DISC, the Desert Institute for Spine Care in Arizona. And uh, as soon as I saw them, they took, you know, redid the imaging and they told me then that I had two completely ruptured discs. So we did the surgery pretty quickly after that. Amazing. Uh, what, what branch of the military were you in? Air Force. I still am. Uh, so uh, I was separated completely for about six or seven months and then I started shopping for health insurance for being my professional fighter wife and decided, you know, one weekend a month ain't that bad. So I'm um, still in the reserves. Um, Travel back to Phoenix, Arizona at Luke Air Force Base once a month. Awesome. Thanks very much, bro. You know, I got to tell you, I'm going to call him out since he hasn't joined. Uh, I told Pal he should join. I told Sweetheart who was, was on here and we were chit-chatting and catching up. And uh, he told me he was indisposed and in the powder room, and that's why he wasn't joining. So is I guess he allowed to have guests after eight o'clock at night? <laughs> I don't think in the basement. I don't think so. Is he allowed to have guests in the in the basement? Right. I, I think down there. I think he gets table scraps. 
and, uh, you know, the occasional glass of water, maybe uh, some sunlight one hour a day. It's kind of like yeah. being in prison, I think. Remember the uh, the whole hood horse thing? We had Philly Pete on last week. I forgot to ask him about the hood horses. The hood Those horse. Are real. I, Those are real. Those are real. All right. I'll, I'll pop in. I'm going to defend Pete here. Right, I called no, him out no. on it. I looked it up. Absolutely real. 100% real. Dude, I did real, George. That, that day of the podcast. You remember that? I yeah, do. It was, it was so real. Yeah, it, totally for real. Yeah. Right down in the city. They're the horses right in the hood. Yeah. Not Be everything we talk about on this podcast is bullshit. Like some of the <laughs> yeah. now, I don't know, maybe 10%. 100% real because I grew up in New Jersey. And I used to drive out to Philly, over to BJJ United once in a while when I worked. I used to drive produce truck down there on, uh, like, Tuesday, Thursdays. And my lunch hour would be to BJJ United to get my ass kicked by Jared and Philly <laughs> Pete. And that was part, <laughs> I would see hood horses. So they are real, George. I'm, dude. I believe it. You're preaching to the choir, man. I believe in them. Brian, dude, Mark, we got this. We got to go capture ourselves a Philly unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, good luck. Got we got horses in New Hampshire. I don't have to go there for the horses. Right. George, I've never asked you this on the podcast before. Have you actually ridden a horse before? Yeah, yeah. Like twice. don't ride horses. So I was in. I'll tell you. Like one time. I'm sorry, I guys. I just. All right. Here we. I'm sorry. I lit them up. Go. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. I, have I told you about the Little League World Series? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was in South America, dude, in like Chile, in this in this crazy place, and we all went riding horses. And everybody had, like, a normal-sized horse, and they gave me, like, a miniature horse, dude. A pony? A tiny. It was, like, a, it was like, it wasn't a pony, but it wasn't a real-sized horse either. It's like. Why, why would they do that? I don't understand. So, like, riding a horse around Patagonia, and uh, there's, like, this big mud puddle. Everybody's horse goes through it, no problem. Mine goes in. Dude, it was so deep that my feet were, like, in the mud puddle. The horse was so strong. <laughs> oh, you mean so it was, like, eight or nine inches deep is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude. They gave me the little horse, man. <laughs> that is, that is, that is a picture <laughs> I'm going to keep in my mind. George, oh, you upon your pony in a puddle. There you go, a Texas. <laughs> oh. I gotta rewrite that Lyle Lovett song just for you. Oh Lord, that was amazing. <laughs> it's true. It's true, man. Uh, um, All right, I wrote so oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know what all these things mean, but uh, someone wanted to know about halfway through the bottle of wine. How am I feeling? I'm feeling great. Uh, oh, Ryan Ferguson says that he wants to go horse riding with you and have a jousting tournament. <laughs> Once again, I'm going to call Ryan out on phrasing this time. So, you know, but there you go. I'm not. I mean, are we talking about a sword fight here? 
Or what kind of whoa, 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 whoa. That's something totally wow. different, George. Come oh, on, George. Kind of Come funny. on, George. Once again, something totally different. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I want to see – I think this jousting match needs to happen, and I, need, I think it needs to be a video podcast. Is it possible to have – I'm not – I'm not, you know, uh, it's been 25 years since I was on a horse. Can you have, like, a regular-sized horse and a tiny little horse and still have jousting? I mean, wouldn't they miss each other? Well, you can, you can, you can direct your joust, but I, I feel like it's probably unfair. It feels unfair. Yeah, closed, it feels right? a little unfair. What's that? Make sure you keep your mouth closed. <laughs> That's a good general rule. <laughs> I'm speechless. It's a good general rule. I don't know. I would say the, the uh -oh. person with a little horse would win because they're lower, right? Their their hips are lower to the ground, right? The it's, person with the lower hips. She she mm -hmm. is a keeper, George. A keeper. Yeah. That's what I have to say right there. I I, I the size of the horse, dude. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, yes, it is. It's it is not about the size of the horse. <laughs> like you're not going to win because you're on a donkey, and the other person's on a Clydesdale. You're not going to win, <laughs> dude. I got speed and quickness. Donkeys aren't fast. You are the donkey in this equation. <laughs> <laughs> More phrasing. Phrasing. I mean, maybe donkeys. Maybe donkey's the wrong word. He's not wrong. <laughs> maybe you meant, uh, did you big, mean big, mule? Big, Is he the mule in this situation? No, donkey. I like donkey. I kind of like donkey. Like You're like uh, Eddie Murphy, you know? That'll do, donkey. Well, Ryan on the internet there uh, did offer to ride a mule along with you, so yeah, made to make it fair. So that's a good man out there. <clears throat> so, hey, so uh, good news, Brian. Like I was, like I was saying, uh, like I've been saying, I'm going to come to Houston, right, and come and train. You keep saying that. You keep saying that. Well, here's the deal, man. I just had two trips canceled on me that were supposed to happen back to back. One was to Pans. Uh, and one was Puerto Escondido for BJJ in Paradise. And now I got all this vacation time, and I promised a couple people that I'm going to slide by and train with them. Uh, I've been talking to Croy LaGracie about coming by and train with him once this thing clears up. I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to pack my bag with some geese, and I'm going to hit the road and go train with some people. So I'm going to make it real, bro. I'm going to make it real. You're going to go so road trip, out, place, 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 that kind of thing, Jay? Thinking about that stringing them out? Thing. Yep. Probably 10 Come days. Down. It'd be great to have you. I would love that. Man. Field's love excellent that. adventure. It won't be all, well, it'll uh, it'll be pretty fun, but it'll be, it'll get weird. It'll get weird. Yeah, man, just let me know. I'm going to I plan on still going to the Philippines in September for that uh BJJ something 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 whatever it's called. I just want to go to the Philippines and there's jiu-jitsu involved, so I'll be down. Well, we'll hook up in June anyway, right? If you're going to be in New York, we'll make something happen, right? Yeah, I plan on being still there in June. Um, we might be in the neighborhood. Yeah, we might good. be in the neighborhood. Sounds good. I miss, all you New Yorkers, man, I missed out uh, on on the last trip that George went down. And I, you know, I felt like uh, that was a huge miss on my part. So if you get a chance to do that again, I'll be there. Oh, man. We missed out. That was amazing. I know. Yeah, 
You could, you know what was even better than seeing me ride a little tiny horse was probably seeing Alan Shabaro use me as his okay showing judo throws. I, I can't imagine how that would even look. Hey, oh, I, I totally can imagine. Grabbed, uh, what's that little dude was like, bam, 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 bam. He <laughs> yeah. was pretty much like that. <laughs> Didn't Alan throw you into, into Brian's knee? Yeah, yes, <laughs> I think so. He threw you into so. Brian's knee. And, and you yeah. extended Brian's knee. <laughs> wasn't me, man. No. Hey, don't be bringing me to this equation. <laughs> he got thrown into your knee. I had nothing to do with it. No, Alan threw him into your knee. I know. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't me. I was tossed around like a rag doll. <laughs> like a rag doll. I want to see. I want to see 300 use uh, use George's nuki. I think that would be interesting. So, uh, Kyle Gosselin still watching. He said, "Also, is uh, have any of you fine gentlemen heard of Espiritu Jujitsu? E S P I R T U. Where is it at?" I don't know. He didn't capitalize it, but I don't know if Kyle knows how to capitalize shit. So there you go. I, I'll actually look it up uh, just to, so that there isn't silence here. It's uh, it's in the place uh, I, I can't pronounce it, but Greg, you had it nailed down. But that's where it is. Port Wenami, and California. Well, there you go. Hey, it's funny. It's it appears to be in Oxnard, right? Which I learned today is where uh, Ferguson's from. Does anyone know? Uh, let's see. Instructor is uh, Jeremy uh, Espiritu. I guess is how you'd say his name. No. Okay. Well, there you go. Not not a negative thing there, Kyle. But uh, apparently, these guys don't know. And Rich Flynn. Says this isn't Tiger King. There you go. A timely, a timely <laughs> comment. From Captain Flynn. Captain Richie. There is a picture of me on the internet with a baby lion. So maybe we could make you, it like that. Are you sure you wanna okay? All right. Yeah. You're you're I'll a patron there. of these types of folks, George? I'll go there. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Uh, Jay, you know what else you missed? These guys took me to some pastry thing in New York City, and it changed my life. <laughs> changed my life, dude. I'm Rico ready. cookies. Oh. oh, that was down in little. That was a little Italy we took to you guys, where the pastry dude. shop was in the Italian restaurant. Man, oh, that you guys ate good that day. I was gonna bring it up earlier. That Italian restaurant was the shit. That was so good. I'm are those, ready to be changed. Those, are you talking about the changed. cookies that have like three colors in them? Like a little yeah, rainbow cookie kind of? The rainbow cookies. Yeah. Those are rainbow cookies. Is that what they're called? I'm sorry. I don't know the, the name. Yeah. Oh. It was the bad. It was a great. Like I, whatever restaurant that was, it was amazing. That was a great time. Really Come on, do it again. We'll do it again. I would love to. Man, I'm looking forward to it. I'm in, man. This will be, a, this man, will be our victory tour coming man. back. Right. You know what? I have to say, I'm happy to see that all of you guys are looking healthy and, you know, you're not sick. 
you know, that really makes me happy to see. I'm using my Tortuga soap. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Time to re-up on that Thanks, soap. Guys. Thank you. I, oh, my gosh. Seriously, I have a lot of support right now. Right? I'm, I'm sure you do. That's, so that's great stuff. Thank you so much. Hey, Andrea, maybe, uh, uh, sorry, Amanda, maybe it's a good time to talk about the antibacterial you got going on right now. Um, well, I actually am probably one of the very few people that have hand sanitizers available. So uh, if you guys need hand sanitizers, I make them myself. Um, find them on, um, let's see, tortugasoapcompany.etsy.com. So I, my soap shop's on Etsy. That's where um, I do a lot of my business um, and face-to-face, -face, but we're obviously not doing face-to-face -face right now. So I got, do, you like, uh, do you like throw exchanges? Or like you throw them a bar of soap and they throw you some cash? <laughs> come, come by the house and I'll throw stuff at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You going to throw your cats at me? Dude, no more cats, man. The cats are, are no longer on the, on the, in the building. No. For real? Uh, sorry to hear that, George. Sorry to hear, sorry that. To hear that, man. Yeah. Yeah. The last, yeah. Uh huh. There's a cat. The last one died just like two weeks ago, man. It was horrible. Yeah. Damn. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that was another great time when you showed up in my house with Joey Bozick. Mm -hmm. right? I never met the And it's like snow out in the thing, and Joey right? Bozick down in the wheelchair. And <laughs> it was like, oh, man. This is good. Yeah, that was a good time. Awesome. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I think we got about wrap it up here on our end, guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm super stoked, man. I like just sitting around talking to you guys about jujitsu makes me feel better. Like, I don't want to be depressed. Let's be positive. You know? Heck yeah. Yeah. It's good to meet you, too, brother, man. Come, we'll we'll yeah, come down and visit you. Yeah, for sure. It's great to meet all you guys, too. I know we didn't do a real formal introduction. My name's Joe Murphy, uh, just a longtime friend of Brian's, and uh, brought me down here to open up and teach at that Riverstone Academy. So I've been having a blast down here, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll you know chime back in with you guys a few more times. So great to meet all of you. Yeah, for sure. Great to meet you, too, brother. Chris, man, thanks for coming on, my friend. Anytime, guys. Jay, whenever you come out for Coriler, let me know. I'll come up, or you can come down. Yeah, I meant to say that. Like, if I, once I hit Indiana, man, I, I won't go there without seeing you, I promise. Yeah, Chris, I'll let you know I'm in town. I'll have a rental, and I'll have my son with me, so we'll come up and train if, uh, if at all humanly possible. Absolutely. Greg, Ryan, and Nikki, man, you other three goons, be safe, yeah, man. Seriously. Too, yeah, seriously. You, you too, man. You guys are you guys the best safe. All, all the love in the best world uh, and the best wishes coming your, your way, guys. Stay safe out there. Thank you, brother. Thanks, brother. All right, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you. Thank you.